Hey guys, and welcome back to the third episode of the Eats and Iron podcast. Kate and I are super excited and ready to roll on all things health, fitness, and specifically nutrition related this time. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of really good feedback from you guys. And one of the things that we got feedback on was talking a little bit more on the nutrition side of things, but more specifically, kind of what to do when you are kind of getting started and you're on the right track, but you're getting a little bit complacent or maybe a little bit lazy, Mm -hmm. um, specifically with your nutrition side of things. You know, you've got the workouts kind of down pat. You're really in a good groove with that, but you're still struggling to find a good groove with your nutrition Mm -hmm. um, and those types of things. Yeah. That's like one thing I love to talk to people about, especially when they are so uh, like on top of things with their workouts, because as soon as you start adding in the nutrition side of things and like really dialing in on that, you can make such a big difference. Like you can make a big difference with training, but it's only going to get you so far with nutrition. You can get so far with just your diet alone. And then adding in the training just takes you that extra mile. Or in this case, if you've gotten really consistent with your workouts and you're on top of it, adding in that nutrition is just going to get you further. I think that's even good to talk about if someone gets, um, like hits a plateau, you know, because you could dive into the training side of things. Kate will have you hit a plateau with your training or you could dive into the nutrition side of things and have you hit a plateau there. Right. Yeah. Like one of the things I always like to tell people is with your training, your nutrition is going to dictate what your new training, your, what your training is going to actually, the outcome of it is going to be because what you do with your nutrition side of things is going to actually what be, is actually going to be what drives your results. Mm. And then what you're doing in the gym is just only going to accelerate whatever you're doing into, in, in terms of your nutrition. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your nutrition is really the number one like key factor in what you're going to be doing. Okay, wait, I just thought of a quote. We should, we should start oh this off God. with a quote. Okay. <laughs> um, it's like when people say, you know, abs are sculpted in the gym, but they're real, re- revealed revealed in the kitchen i think you used that one last time no i didn't Mm, maybe it was in maybe i I feel like you've said that before wait yeah probably to you i think you said that in the last episode i definitely did not you can't go back to back episodes with close we're gonna we'll we'll have to check the tape on that one (laughs) but no it's so true like you work on building that muscle well you don't even build the muscle in the gym you just kind of i guess like you're tearing it down and then yeah. you're building it up with the nutrition side of things. Yeah. And speaking on plateaus, like you had mentioned, a lot of times what happens for a lot of people, they hit a plateau with their training and it's actually a lot of the times directly correlated with the fact that their nutrition isn't on point or mm-hmm. they don't have a proper handle on how to fuel their I training. Think just like recovery in general, because if you're getting poor sleep, like that's going to impact your gym performance. If you're eating a, a bad diet, that's going to perfect, um, affect your gym performance. So it's like recovery as like an umbrella term for everything. Yeah. But I would say more so your diet can fix a lot of things. Yeah. Cause even your diet your recovery, can have an impact on your sleep as well. Yeah. But I, I would say even if you are lacking like a little bit of sleep, like you can, kind of compensate with diet more so than you could with, you know, just you can't compensate with more training and things like that, but you can compensate a little bit with a better diet. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, sounds to me like that's just another podcast episode. (laughs) Sounds to me like we're saying the same thing. (laughs) Um, But let's kind of talk on that laziness aspect. So someone who is motivated for the gym, but maybe not necessarily motivated for the kitchen. Yeah. Um, that's actually like one of the main reasons why I got into nutrition is because when I started working at Popeye's like literally five years ago, I was experiencing so many people coming into the store who were looking for supplements and almost like that quick fix because they had the training side of things down, but they weren't seeing results with their actions in the gym. And it came down to ultimately their nutrition, not even the supplements. And so I noticed like a huge lack for that where people had their training down pat, but they did not have a clue what to do with their diet. And then they were just spending tons of money and almost honestly wasting their money on supplements that are not going to fully benefit you unless you have your training on point and your diet on point. 
Yes. <laughs> what? I'm laughing because I'm wondering how many people thought that you meant Popeye's chicken Shut when up. you first said that. Shut up. <laughs> no one thought that. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, you can't just out train and out supplement like a bad diet. Mm -hmm. Like your diet is going to be the most important thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> what sort of things do you think that somebody could do to kind of help prevent like them being lazy or like just easy things that they can do to kind of kickstart them to get into a better nutritional routine. I think that there's different levels of laziness and you kind of have to, I guess, categorize yourself like where, what level of laziness are you in? So I would say the lower end of the spectrum, not trying to be rude, but like someone who is pretty extremely lazy with their diet. To me, what that looks like is um, relying a lot on food delivery apps like Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, whatever, and constantly ordering food to be delivered to them. Or they're actively like leaving their house to go through a drive-through or maybe go to a restaurant or pick up food in some sort. So some sort of like fast food variation. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, maybe you still have a bit at home. Like maybe you always have breakfast at home because you like to make eggs and it's easy for you to eat eggs. But then for lunch, you order, skip the dishes. And then for dinner, you go to a restaurant with your friends or something. So that would be, you know, you're trying to eat enough, I guess. Like you're aware that your diet isn't maybe the best, but you have to eat in order to achieve your goals in the gym. And I would say if you're in that category of kind of laziness where you're constantly just buying food, the only option that you literally have is to start choosing better options there. So if you're constantly skipping the dishes of like... McDonald's. Yeah. Subway. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously those aren't the best options, but you can start choosing better options. Like if you want McDonald's and you want a burger, maybe next time just choose A&W and then get a lettuce wrap. Like it's not obviously the best option, but if you're choosing not to make food or you're choosing not to have enough time to make food, you're choosing to get a lettuce bun at A&W. Yeah, just like the lesser of the two evils. <laughs> yeah. I or guess like another thing too <clears throat> that you could even do is like, those like meal prep yeah. companies and stuff like that. That's another really good option because at least it's something like a little bit healthier. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be like a little bit more expensive, but, but it is still like choosing... a fast, convenient option. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're kind of choosing not to cook or mm -hmm. what have you, like that extra money and compensation that you're paying a little bit more to get like the food yeah. is kind of just like the payback of your time essentially right. that you're saving to not make the food i guess yeah that's what i was gonna say too is that um in terms of like getting more expensive options like you could instead of just choosing like a mcdonald's burger or like a w burger or whatever yeah. you could choose like um like a salad from chopped leaf or something or like you could go to freshie and like build your own bowl i mean that kind of ends up adding up, but at least you are having more control over the ingredients at that point. And so you can be in control of kind of what's going into your body. Right? Yeah. Mucho burrito too. Don't forget yeah. that one. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's probably the best one. <laughs> that's like everything else though. Like that's just like freshy too, except it's Mexican. Yeah, but it's also better. <laughs> Because it tastes better. Yeah. And, and they like, give you a lot of food. Yeah. I actually just thought of this because you said that. But I mean, there have been some people who quite honestly are in that category of lazy where they're constantly just buying food and they're still making gains in the gym. They're still building muscle mass. However, that I would not say that is very cost effective. Like it's max tuning, for example. Max is constantly buying Chipotle like every single day. And then like he'll order Domino's pizza or he'll go get like different Mexican food or whatever. Like he's he I it's honestly like a yeah. treat when he actually makes food at home. Yeah, I mean, he's also got a lot of extra money to spend compared yeah. to like the average person. Plus, he's just has skiing, just has a metabol like really fast metabolism. Well, I mean, but he's like in his thirties. Like your metabolism starts to slow then. Yeah, I mean, he is also just, super it's, active. Yeah, it's like clearly like a bit of a genetic thing too, because his metabolism's obviously like pretty hyperactive. Yeah, because he's burning like a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. But like you said, he is like pretty active and stuff like that. And he's always on the go and everything like that too. 
Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, I want to touch on if people are ever complaining that like, oh, eating healthy is expensive or I can't afford to eat healthy. It's probably because you're just trying to choose healthier fast food places because that's where it starts to get expensive. Like you can yeah. eat like a full on meal at McDonald's for, I don't know. When was the last time we ate at McDonald's? Literally never. I literally don't know. <laughs> I don't but like, let's say, eat. let's say $5 there. You can get like yeah. a decent amount of food. But then you go to chop leaf and you try to get like a wrap or a salad and it's like ten, twelve dollars. Yeah. Yeah, of course that adds up. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that's a valid excuse. I think that you're in that category of lazy and you're choosing to live that way. Yeah, like I mean if you you have to either sacrifice like a little bit more money for your time if you think that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Or you just have to take that little bit of time to cook the food. Es- yeah. Especially when like there's no excuse for you to not be able to cook the food in a cost effective way, like compared to like getting fast food. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to complain that it's expensive, then just spend a little bit of time and just cook. The yeah. Food. Yeah. Like that's what I, that's what I, was I think at. that you, you'd have to get to that point though. Like you'd have to, start yeah, that would be like a new a level. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Almost like it's a new level. <laughs> what? I don't know. Whatever the next level is like, that's it. <laughs> Nice transition. Nice. The nice next notch on the ladder. Yeah. Tick up. Well, I would say, okay, so talking about the next level of laziness then. Like that? Yeah, that was really good, Kate. Pretty smooth if you ask me. <laughs> um, so I would say the next level of laziness is when you're deciding to cook at home more often, but like you just don't want to take any time to cook at home. Like you're like, Kate. So stuff that's just like fast and convenient, but yeah. at home now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so me. No, I wouldn't even say like some days you're in this category of lazy. I feel like everything I eat and cook is like fast and convenient, but at home. Mm. Kinda. I don't know. I mean, maybe your preparation, like the way that you cook things, like you microwave like everything that you can. Maybe. Well, what just, do you mean maybe? Like just you de- do. De- just to defrost like meat. No, faster. even if you're like cooking vegetables, like you would not saute vegetables. Like you're just going to nuke them in the microwave for a couple minutes. Steaming them. Yeah, you're microwaving. Good way to steam your broccoli if anyone was <laughs> looking for a good way to steam broccoli. <laughs> but no, I would say, like, I would say, if we're being serious, in the next level of lazy, you want to cook at home, but you want it to be fast and convenient. So, I mean, cooking it in the microwave, it's fast and it's convenient. So, I mean, it's not bad if it's causing you, if microwaving your food is going to eliminate you from always buying fast food. By all means, please just start microwaving your food. Like, who gives a damn? Yeah, like, you're just the next level up. Yeah. So, I would say that would kind of look like... I would say this would be buying frozen vegetables and then just defrosting them or, like, warming them up, steaming them in the microwave. And then there's your vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. Um, It could even look like buying pre-cooked protein sources so like a rotisserie chicken or i don't know just like pre-cooked chicken slices i'm pretty sure you can get that at yeah like pre-cooked chicken fillets and stuff like that that you can just bake pretty quickly and stuff like that isn't it fillet no it's fillets fillets yeah are you sure yeah okay you don't eat meat so (laughs) you can't speak on this so actually that's a good topic i guess like can you get pre-cooked beef Mm. Maybe like pre-cooked meatballs. Well, yeah, like you can get like, like I mean, you can get like pretty much like pre-cooked like most types of meats, but mm-hmm. like you still need to cook them again. Oh, like reheat. Yeah, but it's a little bit more than like reheating. So like you- you're not just going to eat it. Like you you wouldn't just say defrost it, but not cook it and then eat it. Why? Bacteria. Like there's like even if it's like kind of pre-made like i mean i feel like that rotisserie chicken that you kind of mentioned would probably be like your best option yeah but other than that like i probably wouldn't eat like actually fun fact did you know costco makes no money on the rotisserie chickens wow (laughs) the more you know huh but people like go there to buy rotisserie chicken and then they end up buying other things when they're there and so then costco like makes them back wow but anyways regardless but yeah so like i was saying um yeah, like the rotisserie chicken is probably gonna be like one of your best options, or like well, or like canned meats and stuff yeah. like that. Like those would be like. <laughs> <laughs> you literally eat canned tuna. How are you gonna be like? Ooh. Oh no, wait! I was talking about the canned chicken that we bought at Costco. Oh. <laughs> you won't eat it. No, that's that's nasty. 
I think that you cooked it bad. Or no, like, I just think that that's not for me. Actually, that's a good. I think that's literally the cat food. That's a good point, though. Like canned tuna, that's like a good in that category. Yeah, like it's something that you can have that's like, I guess, like pre-cooked or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing that. It just takes very minimal effort. Yeah, it's something that's like really easy to make. Mm -hmm. I would put even like eating baked salads in that section. Yeah. Like you don't have to make a dressing. You don't have to buy a dressing. You just literally buy the bag of salad and it has everything in it. Yeah, like you your meals aren't going to be fancy, mm -hmm. but they'll get the job done. Yeah. That's the And yeah. like you can still make them like healthy. Like if you, yeah. if you bought a bag salad. Mm -hmm. And then you bought rotisserie chicken. Yep. Like, that's a good meal. Yeah, you can just put the chicken in the salad. Exactly. You can even, like, if you have to go to this extent, you can buy rice that's cooked and you just microwave it for, like, Yeah, like some minutes. Uncle Ben's. Yeah. I mean, I would say at that point, that's kind of getting excessive because so much extra packaging plus the portion sizes like what you just open that big bag and you're supposed to eat it all like what if you don't want all that rice well you could put like half it back in the fridge or something like that even mm. after you microwave it or whatever oh yeah but i would say like that you can make a good meal like there's your like chicken rice and broccoli you could buy frozen broccoli nuke it in the microwave you could buy a pre-cooked chicken rotisserie chicken just take a little bit off of that and then you can buy bagged rice that's like your typical bro meal, but you just did it way more convenient for yourself. And that would actually be low-key a pretty cheap meal. You think so? Yeah, 100%. That rotisserie chicken's like, what, eight bucks, let's say? How much is a bag of rice? A bag of rice, probably two bucks. Okay, and how much is a bag of big rice that you buy from Costco? Mm, I don't know, 20 bucks. And obviously, like it's, like, it's obviously not ideal, Yeah. but, like, at the end of the day, like, it's still, like, a pretty cheap meal. I guess if you're comparing, comparing it, it to, to like buying, yeah. like say you go to a fast food place and buy like some fast food, like that rotisserie chicken is going to still last you like more than one meal. Yeah. Totally. Like that rotisserie chicken could probably last you like for at least like a couple days. Or eat almost a week if you're the only one eating it. I guess depending if you eat like a bird or not. Well, how much? Wait, was that a good pun? Because a chicken is a bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost like offensive to the bird. Well, then you're the one who's like cannibalism almost. The bird's not the one eating it, Kate. I know, anyways. but it just makes me feel bad about the bird. <laughs> but anyways, so I guess because you're only like one step up on the laziness ladder, yeah. it still is cheaper than the previous option. Which oh, it'd is, be way cheaper than mm -hmm. the previous option for sure. But right. it's just going to not be anything fancy and nobody's probably going to want to eat your meals. Yeah. And I guess too, what we should say is that this isn't necessarily lazy, but if you're also in like a huge time restraint, like let's say one week of work, you know, is just insane. Like maybe you have to, maybe, maybe you're studying and stuff like that. Like there's a yeah. lot of situations or maybe you're just really freaking busy or you're like a shift worker and you yeah. don't have a lot of time i mean stocking up on frozen vegetables is so convenient it's i don't know why more people don't buy frozen vegetables because there's literally no negatives to it i mean besides maybe like the cooking method they might come out a little bit more soggy or something but like frozen vegetables are just as nutrient dense if not more nutrient dense than fresh produce yeah um and then if you are really busy and that's like the only way that you're going to eat healthy, it's not necessarily that you're lazy, but that's just the most convenient option for you. Well, and this is even something that you could do in it, like even once in a while, if you are in like a time crunch, like maybe yeah. you're not in this category all the time. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you're the next level up from this one or, but you are just like, you know, like you said, like you might be in a time crunch like once in a while, like mm -hmm. this is a good way to avoid like grabbing a fast food thing every once in a while and now you can transition to just having a quicker meal once in a while if yeah. you usually do like to cook some stuff one thing i thought of too if you're someone who always buys produce and then it ends up going bad yeah like if you shop at costco yeah. and you have to if you have to buy excessive amounts of vegetables at once but like you're only eating for yourself maybe buying frozen vegetables are the better option because or just freezing i guess if you do buy fresh you guess you could freeze them but it's not going to be as ideal yeah that's really time consuming we're talking about somebody who has no time yeah true <laughs> but i mean yeah that's a good point is that if you are or like oh i want to eat healthy okay i'm gonna buy all this produce and then yeah. all of your produce ends up like molding in your fridge well then just buy frozen and then yeah. start there yeah exactly Okay, so then the next level of laziness would be, I guess, like someone who wants to meal prep. I wouldn't say meal prepping is lazy. However, you're significantly reducing the amount of effort that you have to put into eating healthy. Okay, so maybe more so categorize this as like someone who's like cooking in bulk. Yeah, same thing. 
Well, meal prepping, like people are, may not think of it like as the same. Like if you're just cooking like a lot of food at once, like you could just, for example, just cook like a lot of like each individual like food portion thing that you're going to make, you know, like a lot of rice. I would be in this category for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're just like not going to the, okay, I guess that would be a step up because then you're actually measuring everything out and then putting yeah. it away. In, okay. Yeah. So like, you know, you're just making a bunch of rice. A bunch of chicken, mm -hmm. a bunch of vegetables and stuff like that. And you just like huck it in the fridge and then you just put it together whenever it's convenient for you. Yeah, but you're storing it away in individual containers. Like you're putting all of your rice in one big container and then yeah, you're putting yeah, yeah. all of your meat into That's one big That's what I'm saying. Container. Yeah, you're just, yeah. Cook, you're just making bulk amounts and then you can pull from that when you need a meal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is very convenient, again, if you are in a rush or if you know that your week is going to be busy and you know that you won't have time to cook every single day. This is like the next step that you can go to be on top of your nutrition, but not like, you know, resorting to pre-cooked chicken or something like that. Like, um, if you more cost effective would be to buy a big tray of chicken and then cook all of that chicken at home by yourself and then store it away as cooked chicken. Right. Yeah. Um, that's going to be way more cost effective, but just as convenient after you've done the cooking. So instead of just stripping some chicken away from a rotisserie chicken, you just grab a breast out of the fridge and add it to your meal. Yeah. Like this is going to be, I feel like this is like one of like the best cat, like the best levels. Why? Cause you're in it. Well, yeah, because I'm in it, but <laughs> like you can just cook in bulk for like a couple days or, you know, half a mm -hmm. week or something like that. Like, like if you maybe not necessarily just busy all the time, but you just don't want to have to cook all the time. Like, this is a good option. Like, yeah. you can just cook for, like, you know, two, three, four days in advance. Everything's all ready to go. So, you don't have to worry about it all the time. You don't have to cook every single day. Mm -hmm. But then you also have more time to do other things. Like, this is honestly, like, a more of a time saver than yeah, anything. I, I think a nice thing about it, too, is that you can keep your meals, like, creative. Like, if you are meal prepping and then you're making seven meals of chicken and rice for you to take throughout the week that is going to be really, really boring and you could end up getting sick of that. However, if you just cook chicken and you just cook rice and maybe you cook some veggies, like you could always be switching up the sauce on it or you could maybe cook some rice and then you could cook some pasta and then for some days you can take some rice and chicken and then for some days you can take yeah, some pasta Yeah, you can mix it up and cook like multiple sources yeah. of protein and carbohydrates and Yeah, whatever. but it's just like the idea of keeping it stored away and ready Fresh. to go yeah, yeah just keeping it stored away and ready to go and so it's like you can in the morning you're like hmm what am i feeling rice or pasta <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you can just grab that way and then maybe this day you're feeling rice and then the next year you're feeling pasta and yep. it's just way easier for you yeah again with changing up the sauces too that's definitely helpful. yeah just mustard is usually good that's disgusting <laughs> ew ew it's good <laughs> you're the only one who doesn't like it you have like 12 different kinds of mustards yeah, is there twelve different kinds of ketchup? That's why no. mustard is a superior condiment. Oh, yeah. Well, because you're like a ketchup person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why is that gross? I don't know. It's just gross. Like, like I said, there's not. There's only one ketchup. Like, you just ketchup. No, there's not. There's not only one kind. Yeah, ketchup's ketchup. With mustard, you can have very various varieties. Ew! It all smells gross. But anyways, I would say going, <laughs> let's get off the topic of mustard, please. Um, <laughs> your laugh sounded like a fart. No, it's just a laugh. No, it was a fart. Okay. It was a fart. Even if it wasn't. What? Even if it wasn't. Oh, okay. Okay. Gross. Anyways. Okay. So then I would say that kind of encompasses that level. Yeah. Right. So then like, what's like the boss level, like the last level? Well, I would say that would be like extreme meal prep. <laughs> Why are you giving me that look? What? No. What's extreme meal prep? <laughs> like it's like, I, like maybe you're this level. No, I'm not. Yeah. Because you cook like all your meals, like, like you cook all your meals, like, bef like before you're going to eat them. Like you kind of like cook your meals when you need them. You have them kind of like more fresh than like. You know, well, uh, what I do levels. is that is I don't 
mind leftovers if it's the next day. But if it's like four days, I'm not feeling it anymore. If it's like even just uh, the same day, sometimes you're not feeling it. Like you almost don't even like eating the same thing back to back. Like you would just always want to be switching it up. Key, key. Just because you can literally eat chicken and rice for seven meals a day does not mean that everyone seven is meals. like that. And I, so what I do is I, let's say for supper, I'm making a stir fry. All I do is I double up everything that I'm cooking. And then when I serve it to myself, I split it in half. Half goes on my plate. Half goes in my bowl to for tomorrow. <laughs> well, then in that case, I have to make four extra servings. Cooking <laughs> for six. Yeah. yeah. But no, so I would just split it half for me and then half for the next day. Yeah. I don't even know like what category that would be in because... I'm really only preparing for myself for the next day. So yeah, I get one extra meal for the following day, but then that night again, I have to make a fresh supper and then I split that in half and then I take that. So that's like a lot of effort, but I'm not like sitting there cooking six meals, six of the same meals and then separating them into six different containers and then storing them in the fridge. Like I would say that's like a new level. Like I think that's that like the last level. That's like a competition prep level. I okay. think. Unless if you're like being very serious for your goals for some particular reason, but I don't really see that being like long term. Like at, when you're yeah. 80 years old, you're cooking yourself six of the same meals and storing them away in your fridge. Yeah. So, like, that's why I'm saying like the level that you're kind of at would probably be like the most, like, that would be kind of like the highest level in terms of like what most people would be kind of doing or like. Like the average day person would be kind of doing. Yeah. Where you are making most of your meals pretty much fresh, but like maybe you overcook, you know, a meal or two and then you just save that for like the next day mm -hmm. and you kind of will have like leftovers like once in a while kind of thing. Yeah. Because like even you, you don't necessarily eat leftovers every day. No. Like you only eat leftovers maybe like a couple times a week. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You but pretty I'm very... much eat most of your meals like fresh. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very lucky that. I you mean, can do that, I guess. Yeah, like that my schedule allows for that. Most people don't. Like most people have to be at their nine to five every single day. I mean, I guess if you want to break it down for like the average person, like you're going to only really need that one extra meal. If True. you think about it. So yeah, like, and that's why. So I'm... like you can have breakfast at home. Lunch is going to be whatever you had for dinner the, the day before. Mm -hmm. And then you have supper and you make a bit extra. And then you take that for your lunch the next day or whatever. And yeah. then you kind of repeat that cycle, I mm -hmm. guess, if you want to you know, generalize it for the average person. So yeah, that's I exactly mean, your me. level would be like, that's like, you're the top level. Wow. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's like usually what I suggest my clients to do too, is it's like, if you're going to put so much effort towards making a really healthy meal that I suggest to you, then just make extra. You're, it's not really like you're putting in any extra effort. You're just literally preparing more at that one time. And yeah. then you're saving yourself for the the following time for day. in the future yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's one of the best ways to stay on track and eat fresh meals and keep stuff fun and fresh <laughs> <laughs> fun and fresh and fun and fresh yeah yeah but i do think that that's a really good strategy to be on top of your nutrition okay so we clearly established that i'm superior when it comes to my nutrition habits just kidding but <laughs> All hail Casa yeah. Superior Nutrition. <laughs> um, but I think it would be interesting to view Kate's perspective because even though we live together, <laughs> he's flexing right now. <laughs> <laughs> even though we live together and we grocery shop together and I mean, we eat together. We don't necessarily eat the same things, nor do we cook the same amount of things. So I think it'd be kind of interesting because you're on a lower level of the lazy ladder than me. Perhaps you can speak into your eating habits. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start off by like telling people what your goal is? Like, what are you eating for? Two? Well, <laughs> <laughs> eating for two? Just kidding. Just kidding. Eating for me and my two. But, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Oh. But my two is my muscles. Oh, gotcha. My babies. He flexes again. My babies. Thunder and lightning. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, for real. Like, uh, mostly just like for specifically for like muscle building is like going to be like the primary goal. 
of yours. With um, Yeah, for me, for my nutrition, yeah. Mm-hmm. Muscle building would be like the primary goal. Kiwi, tell them what level of the laziness ladder you're on. <laughs> well, I kind of did, but I was, I'm on oh, like yeah. the level where you like cook in bulk, I guess, kind of thing. Or when you buy frozen food. <laughs> yeah, I don't really buy frozen food that much. Anymore. No, no, yeah, like I kind of graduated from that <laughs> level, so. You took a step. Yeah, like I'm on the next actually step, so. <laughs> This is like so condescending to like the lower steps right now. Yeah. No, but like <clears throat> for my nutrition, I'm kind of in that stage where I like to cook a lot of food like ahead of time for like a, maybe a couple of days. Like I eat a lot of food, so it's more like maybe it lasts me like a two days at the most, depending okay. on what it is. Like I guess I have to cook like my protein pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. But I and can when cook. he says like he cooks it, he means that like he asks me to cook it. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> you um, like to cook it though. Well, you like to cook for me in general, which is nice of you. So, with, so anyways, wait, 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 wait. with protein, Cade gets so nervous about if it's actually cooked or not. So he usually just I ends think up. You're more nervous than no, me. No, 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 buddy. Who set the fire alarm off the other night? That was an accident. I mean, the smoke alarm. If my dad is listening to this, he's like, "It's a smoke alarm, not a fire alarm." Anyways. Okay. Cade was cooking chicken in the oven. Then he like checks it. It's done. And then he's like, "No, Meh. it was like in between." <laughs> It was like in between, like not quite there, but then I just like put it for a little bit too well, long. Well, <laughs> so it was like maybe only like a minute too long. Eh, oh yeah, one minute, and that one minute set off our smoke alarm. Well, it was because that some of like the spice and juices like burnt mm-hmm. onto the pan. Anyways, anyway. and then also he does that on the stove top too. So when you're okay, cooking so anyway, meat, so when you're cooking your beef, you always cook it way too much, and so then it ends up getting so like smoky in the house and like smelly anyways yeah i don't think anyone cares about that well that's why i cook it so the fact of the matter is <laughs> that the i like protein. to cook a, i cook a lot of my food in bulk or just ahead of time because it's a lot more convenient instead of having to cook massive amounts of food like every mm-hmm. single day i can cook even more amounts of food less frequently which is just yeah. a lot easier so i just like will cook usually like a lot of rice because it's really easy to make and you can make a lot of it at once that or potatoes like stuff like pasta i usually just make it on the spot because it's pretty fast to make but i would say like rice is gonna be like the primary bulk carb source that i cook like so why do you need to cook in bulk well it's just a lot easier to like portion out meals when i have everything just ready to go yeah, but I'm trying to get you to tell people, like, how many meals do you eat? Oh, well, then why didn't you just ask me? I eat... <laughs> why didn't you just say that? You're confusing. <laughs> but I usually eat five meals a day, but I usually only uh, prep, like, three meals because those are the meals I'll eat at, like, work, mm. which I only make two of those meals because Kessa makes my breakfast. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like cooking bulk, and I'll usually just take the same thing for, like, multiple times per day. Like, I'll eat the same meal. Yeah, like, he'll... he'll Like, I'll just eat rice and chicken for, like, two meals in a row. Mm -hmm. And then I'll probably have, like, chicken and pasta to, you know, (laughs) switch things up. Yeah, Yeah. just to switch things up. (laughs) Spice it up a bit. So, why are you eating that much? Well, I'm eating that much because my calorie output is, like, so high that I have to be eating, obviously, a larger amount of food. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially like carbohydrates and protein more so than like anything else. Mm-hmm. Because with like your protein intake, your protein intake is really going to be important for like obviously repairing your muscles so you can actually initiate muscle protein synthesis so you can actually grow new muscle tissue yeah. rather than just maintaining your muscle tissue. That's like a big issue for women specifically. Women, yeah, definitely. Is like not even eating enough calories, period. Like yeah, they're not usually under eating a lot of the times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. E- even though like your goal might be weight loss as a, as a woman, a lot of the times you're usually not eating enough, which is so hard to wrap your mind around. It's very challenging. And it's really challenging for them to usually get protein in as well. Like I know with some of my clients who are ladies, like they have a hard time getting in protein sometimes. It can be difficult to eat. Like, yeah, like watching you eat your meals is kind of painful sometimes. Yeah, like I don't even eat that much compared to like like guys who are huge. <laughs> but like it still is like 
it's like actually been difficult to work my way up to the, even the amount of food that I'm eating now. Mm-hmm. Because even before, I was usually only eating like four meals a day when I was kind of loosey goosey. Oh yeah. With like the nutrition side when of things. You were cutting. <laughs> Instead of when walking. I was slimming, yeah, no, but like even just before, like I was always eating like roughly like four meals a day, yeah, or whatever. But I find like it's just a lot easier to kind of have everything portioned out, especially when you have to eat like a lot of food. Mm-hmm. If your goal is like primarily like muscle building for your nutrition side of things, it's like really easy to under eat a lot of the time, especially when you're eating whole foods. So, unless you're grabbing, you know, some fast food or whatever which is obviously going to just be a lot of calories, but maybe not necessarily the calories that you're looking for, or maybe not in the type of ratios that you're looking for. Um, Having those pre-made meals or just stuff that's prepped ahead of time is going to be way easier to make sure that you do get the amount of calories and that you need to. Okay. So let me ask you something. Yeah. You talked about um, you eat so much because you burn so much. Yeah. So are you saying then that you have to eat back what you burn? Well, yeah, you don't necessarily have to eat back what you burn, but you have to eat back. You have to eat more calories total than what you're going to burn so that you can be in in a calorie surplus because like people will, you know, I post like a lot of times like my Fitbit, like my tracked workout. Yeah. You know, I'll burn like. Which is not accurate. Burn like, you know, 800 calories or whatever. Like I'm not just going to eat an extra 800 calories for the day because I burned 800 calories in my workout. Like the amount of food I eat in a day is going to be like set prior. So I'm going to have like a set amount of food that I eat in that day. But just because I burnt 500 calories or 800 calories in my workout, you're not going to eat that five or 800 calories extra on top of what you're already eating. So what's important to point out is the, the idea of a BMR or your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories that you burn if you're literally just laying in bed not even thinking a single thought, not even moving a single muscle. Yeah, just doing nothing. You're literally just laying there. Yeah. So that's how many calories you burn. And for most people, that number is surprisingly high. For most people that I've done an in-body scan on at the gym, their BMRs have been over 1,200 calories. Oh, yeah. Like for sure, it's going to be over like that much, definitely. But if you search on Pinterest and you're like, oh, weight loss diet, sometimes those diets are 1,200 calories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what you need to take into consideration is if you want to try to build muscle, let's say 1,200 calories is your BMR. That's how much you have to eat just to live. And like not even like live your life at work, like live your life laying in bed. Yeah. So you have to take into consideration the other ways that you're burning calories. So your workout is one. Workout's one. Thinking at work or at school. Or even just the amount of like fidgeting that you can do. Yes. If if you have a sedentary job, you might not move as much, but you probably are fidgeting, which is going to be burning a lot of calories over the course of the day. Your job is another one. Or if your job is really physical and you're moving around, Mm -hmm. like... I could easily get in like over 10,000 steps just literally during my shift at work, just moving around and stuff like that. If it's busy. Yeah. I mean, you got to take into consideration like what your interests and hobbies are. Like, do you come home from work and you just sit on the couch and watch Netflix for the rest of your night? Or do you come home and you take your dogs for a walk? Or maybe you're just like really outdoorsy and you just are outside quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you come home and do a podcast where you're like talking and thinking like and fidgeting? Yeah. <laughs> like although we're sitting down, like it's actually exhausting, like talking yeah. and like trying to like I don't know, like it's well, just you're like, moving thinking. you're moving around and you're yeah, you're thinking, you're moving around. Like yeah. I can't sit still. So mm-hmm. yeah. If like, you ever you're hear, constantly burning calories. If you ever hear bangs or like clashes in the background, yeah, it's, it's always Kate. Yeah. It's always Kate. I cannot sit still, <laughs> but that just goes to show you like there's a lot of extra ways that I do burn calories that are outside the gym mm-hmm. and like just from outside of like so, me just laying around. So in terms of like a calculation, let's say BMR was 1200, yeah. but then throughout your day, you're burning at least another thousand calories yeah. considering For, you, say, you worked out hard, you work an active job, whatever you, yeah. you have active hobbies. Let's say you burn at least another thousand calories outside of that. So that's like 2,200 calories just to maintain the body that you're currently in. Yeah. Just to stay the same. Then if you want to build muscle, you have to start eating more than that. Yeah. And this is where it gets very difficult for women specifically and some guys to yeah. wrap their heads around, especially if some 
someone has a goal where maybe they want to build muscle, but they also don't want to get like huge. And they also want to kind of lose some fat in the process can be so challenging to convince them like, Hey, more. Yeah. You actually need to be eating more. Like your body needs stuff to just live and then your body needs stuff to support your goals. Yeah. So like, it kind of sounds bro sciencey, but (laughs) you do like, there is like you, when you're not eating enough food, like you do actually need to kickstart that metabolism and eat more food to actually burn more calories. It's called the thermic, thermic yeah. effect of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for like, just for like simplicity, say like you just, people talk about like kickstarting their metabolism and stuff like that. Like a lot of people talk about like eating frequently to kickstart their metabolism, which is complete BS. But when people aren't eating enough food, like your recovery is complete crap. Mm-hmm. Like your body can't even recover and it doesn't have even enough nourishment to even function Mm -hmm. properly and that's why you're usually end up storing a lot of the food that you eat is for like obviously later reserves so then when you do get that influx of extra calories and your body is actually able to recover properly and stuff like that it's actually able to burn up more calories and now you can actually handle having more calories yeah it's just like when you go on a diet If you're going to start lowering your calories because you want to burn fat, you do it really slowly and really strategically. If you just dropped a bunch of calories right away, your body's going to freak out. Your cortisol, your stress is going to go through the roof and your body is not going to respond the way that you want it to. So what you do is you drop your calories very slowly, very strategically so that your body is kind of like, Hey, I understand what we're doing. Like there's less here. I need to burn up some. And then that's when you reach your goals. Same idea with eating more food. You have to increase it very slowly and very strategically so that your body can get used to it and be like, Oh, Hey, like there's some extra kicking around. Well, we did destroy our glutes the other day. So let's just, <laughs> let's just add a little bit on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you almost kind of want to be. That's my glutes every like day. Just you kind of want to be in this like little kind of like up and down race with like your BMR and the amount of calories that you're eating. Like you don't want the amount of calories that you're eating to be like way over your BMR or way under your BMR. Cause that's just going to mess you up. Like if mm-hmm. you're trying to gain weight and stuff like that and your BMR is 1200 and you see burn a thousand calories. So now you have to eat 2200 calories just to maintain and your maintenance calories are right there. You don't want to start eating 4,000 calories yeah, to try and like bulk up because mm-hmm. like you're just going to be storing all of that as well. Cause it's going to be way too much for your body it has nothing to do with it. Right. So if your maintenance is about 2200 calories, a good place to start is maybe 300 calories above that bmr or that maintenance calories so now you're at 2500 calories i would argue that and i would say your starting point should be 2200 calories oh yeah because i guarantee you no one is already is even eating at their maintenance yeah for sure but i'm just saying if in terms of like yours is step two step two you have to start at step one okay (laughs) (laughs) um But yeah, I would say that would be kind of like the first thing to wrap your head around is the fact that you actually burn calories by eating food. Mm -hmm. And honestly, in terms of longevity or making this a lifestyle, if you can eat more food and get away with eating more food, why would you not want to do that? Because then ultimately you can go out for dinner with your friends and maybe go a little off your plan or whatever, but know that you're still going to be fine. Well, I don't know anyone who's like, less happy from having to, getting to eat more food totally unless you get to the point where you're like you and you actually look miserable when you're like eating your seventh meal of chicken and rice and mustard i've never i've never eaten seven <laughs> meals one day <laughs> my digestion would be shot yeah no doubt. but yeah like it, it, it can be difficult like but for me it, i'm at a bit more of an extreme point than yeah the average person in first of all of you're that. a huge guy second of all you're an incredibly active guy like yeah. you are just like i just burn level. a lot of calories yeah we spend a lot of money on groceries <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about protein requirements though because you've mentioned that protein's really important you mentioned yeah. you need the amino acids so roughly how many grams of protein do you eat every day mm, i would say probably at least 200 grams of protein obviously like, it's probably like my minimum Okay. I, I don't specifically track it, so I couldn't really give you an exact. Yeah. I just, I more so track like this portion sizes. Okay. So I have X amount of protein in each meal. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could probably give you a rough estimate, but it's going to be like over 200 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. But I also weigh over 200 pounds. So it's going to be roughly one gram to 1.1 gram per pound. Why? Which is 
pretty average. But the reason for that is, like Kessa was mentioning, I'm like super active. Like I'm always moving during the day. Plus my workouts are very rigorous and very taxing on my central nervous system. Except if you body. actually looked at him when he was working out, like you would think that <laughs> this guy is sitting on the couch, like not doing anything. Kate does not break a sweat only unless you're in like a set. You actually look like you're doing something. But if you're oh, just yeah, like yeah. in between. Yeah, sets, I don't sweat a lot. So you can't even tell that you're working out. Yeah, like I'm not the one of those people who like is dripping. <laughs> like Kate would walk in looking the exact same as he walks out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like mid set, like you actually look like blood's gonna like spew out of your eyes and like yeah, like my workouts are like very intense, but maybe not necessarily like they don't necessarily make me sweaty. So you don't stress about overall protein intake. You're mostly stressing about protein per meal. Well, yeah, protein per meal. Because it adds up to protein per overall. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I eat a certain amount of protein each meal because I know it's going to add up to like a good amount of protein for the day mm-hmm. when everything's said and done. Okay. Yeah. So then you said that, you know, you've never heard anyone complain about eating lots of food. Yeah. So why do you do it in like five or six meals rather than just like three or four bigger meals? Yeah. Well, I think that we could totally cover something like this on a completely different podcast all on itself, but... It's mostly going to be correlated to easier to make it easier on my digestive system overall, Mm -hmm. because yeah, like if you want to build muscle or anything like that, you do want to be able to absorb the food that you're eating and Mm -hmm. actually grab the nutrients out of that food as well. Yeah. And you want to give your body the best opportunity to take in that food, break it down, get all the nutrients that it needs from that meal, and Mm -hmm. then be able to do the same thing with the next meal after that. I think that's a good point as well in terms of like the digestion. Mm -hmm. When you eat smaller meals, you kind of give yourself more time to eat it kind of. And like digestion starts in the mouth. Like it starts with your chewing. So if you're going to eat a huge meal, usually people would see a huge meal and they they just instinctively start eating it very quickly. And that's not good for your digestion because you're probably not chewing it enough. You're probably sick of chewing. If you eat a really big meal. Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed for myself, if my meals get too big is I just get sick of having to chew and eat that amount of food by the end of the meal by the end of the meal yeah Mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier to eat a more moderate size meal yeah and i can chew it better and actually that's going to help with my digestion of that food and that meal as well and it's a lot easier i was just thinking about when i was eating like that big salad every day Mm -hmm. sometimes my salads were so big and at the end i'm like oh my god okay like i don't want to chew this anymore yeah like it's just something that a lot of people don't think about but Getting, I guess, kind of back to like the protein intake of it all, mm-hmm. like one to 1.1 grams per pound is like, I would say like kind of an average amount for most people, especially if you're going to be training to a decent capacity. Like if you're training is like, like resistance training. Yeah. Like if you're weight training, like multiple times per week, you're going to actually need more protein than somebody who's not resistance training multiple times per week. And you also have to take into consideration your age, like everything like that. Like seniors need a lot more protein too, just to to prevent muscle loss. Yeah. Well, it all comes down to just maintaining and like, like recovering from whatever you're doing and, Mm-hmm. making sure that the protein is going to help maintain that muscle mass and yeah. help build it back up and everything too, because you're breaking it down in the workout and then that protein is going to help build it back up. So, I mean, if you don't train like weight train a whole lot, maybe you're like, like to do a bit more cardio based training or things like that. You might not need as much protein right. to recover from you that have workout. Different goals at that yeah. Point. You have a different goal. So, I mean, <clears throat> Even for like just the average person, like you're not going to need a gram per pound of protein like I particularly would. But someone who weight trains a lot is going to need more protein than someone who's going to need less. So, I mean, it can vary from that one gram per pound range, for example, all the way down to like 0.7. So let's talk about the different like sources of protein that you eat. So you are very, you're a a meathead. For lack of a better term. Yeah, like I like to get my protein from animal sources primarily. Yes. Um, what is your stance on protein powders? I think for protein powders, like this is a big one that is kind of a misconception is people think like protein powders, like some sort of magic powder that mm-hmm. like makes you build muscle. Yeah. But in reality, protein powder is just a more convenient, more bioavailable, easy to digest source of protein. Mm-hmm. 
that's it's the same thing as if you're eating a piece of chicken but your body's able to absorb and grab that nutrients from that amino acid profile a lot easier mm -hmm. and more quickly right so i think that they're a great tool to use like i wouldn't make it your primary source of protein but it's a really good tool to help kind of bump up that protein intake, especially if you have trouble getting in protein. Yeah. And if you don't necessarily like eating animal-based proteins or things like that, it's mm -hmm. a really easy way to get some more in. Yeah. So why do you, in particular, always choose animal-based protein sources? Like, it's just your preference? Well, it's my preference, but I think the amino acid profiles are obviously going to be better for muscle building. Like, they're all like they're complete proteins. Like, there's a lot of plant-based proteins that aren't necessarily complete. And mm -hmm. it's just you're going to have to obviously – play around with the amino acid profiles with plant-based ones. Another benefit of, I guess, animal-based proteins is that the macros are always so good. Like, Yeah, they're high protein, low fat, low carb. Right, like with like tofu or something, yeah. it's pretty high in fat, moderate yeah. carb, and it is high in protein, but... It's kind of a meal on, on its own almost. No, I would not <laughs> eat only tofu. No, no, but like... Because it has a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that's definitely, it, in terms of your case, how you don't strictly track your calories, you don't strictly mm -hmm. track your macros. Yeah. It's just easier for you to be choosing foods that are, you are eating yeah. that food for that macro and you're exactly. just choosing food that exactly. are high in that macro. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm choosing those animal-based proteins because that's just my protein source. Yeah. And then I'm getting like the carbohydrates from like, you know, something else like a potato or something like that. Yeah. And that's my carb source. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that the amino acid profiles are going to be more beneficial in like an animal based protein. Even in terms just in of the, building muscle. In terms of building muscle and even just like the minerals and stuff that you can get from other sources of animal proteins and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So then put you on the spot. Okay. What would you suggest for a vegan or a vegetarian person who wants to build muscle? What would be your advice? Um, eat chicken. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think, I think again, like a protein powder can be a really valuable source of protein in that case mm. because you. That can, gets expensive though. Yeah, it can. Sorry, I'm just trying to give <laughs> an opposite view. Yeah, you're just giving the opposite view. I would say like you're obviously more well versed in that because you yeah. eat vegetarian and stuff like that. But obviously, things like tofu. Um, if you can mix like lentils and like other things like that too. Those I've actually be been vegetarian for a majority of my like fitness yeah, your, journey. Your fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I started eating, well, I, start, I ate meat at the start and yeah. then I just, I never enjoyed it. I was so picky. I would waste so much food because I didn't want to eat like chicken with a vein in it or like, yeah, yeah. like a gross piece of beef. Like I just couldn't like, or like a fatty piece. I just couldn't do it. So I ended up wasting so much food. And so I basically ended up saying, okay, Kessa, A, this is pathetic. Like just eat the chicken vein or whatever. Yeah. Or B, just don't eat chicken and find an alternative. Yeah. So what would you say like are going to be some of the best not meat alternatives well, in terms of getting in your protein. Your options are very limited. Yeah. And you have to be more aware of it. Yeah. That's the thing about eating healthy and like, you know, eating for your goals is that it becomes a lot of effort. It's not a lot of effort to just eat food, but once you start putting so much thought into it, it becomes a lot of effort. But with more plant-based options, there's not that many. But I would say some main sources that you have to give a try are tofu and tempeh. Yeah. Because they're the most well-known vegan source of protein. And they do offer you a good variety of protein as well. And, I mean, they taste good. Like, I mean, most people, it's like a texture thing. In terms of taste, it doesn't even, like, really taste that bad. Yeah. Um, but that's, like, soy protein. Okay, yep. So there's a lot of controversy around that. Yeah. However, I think that if you're purchasing it from a good source or whatever, it should be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine, right. Um, then you can look into stuff like nuts and seeds. Like, like yeah. chia seeds are really good. Hemp seeds are really good. Um, like pumpkin seeds are okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not the most reliable source, but typically if you're plant-based or vegetarian or vegan, your diet has kind of opened up in yeah, a lot of like ways. Yeah, it's like shifted. It's yeah. not necessarily primarily focused so on like protein. You're not going to just sit down and eat like a bowl of hemp seeds. Like yeah. you would be adding that to maybe like a salad where you've had it added other nuts and maybe some beans. And so it all kind yeah. of adds up. And I think that just kind of goes back to what I had mentioned before about you have to kind of play with the different like 
protein profiles of each different plant source to kind of mix them together and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily stress about that. But no, the only but- thing that I take into consideration is that it's so inconvenient to have like a goal to like get toned or like get yeah. muscular. And you're like trying to get your protein from beans when there's more carbs in beans than there is protein. Right. And yeah. so if you want to lose weight or get more toned, like that's not the best option. For yeah, you, you just want... However, just wait. Bean pastas are really good. Like black bean <laughs> pasta or like chickpea pasta. Yeah. Red lentil pasta. Those were a huge source of my protein. Overall, when you are vegan or plant-based, you just have to be more strategic. You have to plan it out almost, I guess, like even further than when you're just trying to eat healthy. Like obviously eating healthy takes a lot of time and consideration. Being plant-based and being healthy, especially with a muscle building goal, you have to be extra strategic and plan it out even further. And I think that's when supplementation could come in handy too. Just in terms of like you were saying, the amino acids, you might not get them all from protein, from plant-based protein sources. So that's when a supplement is definitely, definitely beneficial. Yeah. It's just going to be like a lot more convenient Mm -hmm. for those types of people. If you're eating plant-based. And like a safety net. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can, I mean, if you haven't gotten enough protein a day, like you can always grab, well, you know, maybe one or two scoops of protein powder right. from like a vegan protein. Or and whatever. at least with vegan proteins, like they do a really good job nowadays to make it like super high protein. Like the carbs aren't really high. The fats are like very minuscule. So that's nice too. If you yeah, want they're more like a regular protein powder, exactly. where it's just protein. Exactly. Yeah. Or like you were comparing protein powder to a chicken breast. In this yeah. case, this could be a vegan like clean source a protein. vegan chicken breast no i was gonna say that but that's it's insulting to vegans. <laughs> sorry not sorry you're not because you eat so much meat yeah so in conclusion i was kind of thinking as we were going along this and like especially as we were talking about the, like the ladder in terms of like what level that you might be on and like what are some good tips if you are in that level um i was actually thinking it'd be pretty beneficial if we made like an actual graphic for that made a real ladder a ladder graph? <laughs> yeah. But then, like, not a ladder graph, but yeah. just, like, a visualization of a ladder and then kind of explain the different steps. And then, yeah. and then you know, we can, whatever, I don't know how you do it, but include it in, like, the show notes or we could send it out to our subscriber list. And maybe then, you could just, like, post about it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Or we, or we could or post all it the on, above. like, the each on Instagram or something like that. Yeah. But that would be a good like visual representation so that if you don't want to necessarily go back and listen to Kate and I ramble about that all, all over again, yeah. you can just refer to the visualization and kind of know like, okay, I'm just starting. I feel, I'm feeling pretty lazy. I'm feeling pretty low about my nutrition efforts. So this is where I'm at. This is what my best options are. Might even kind of help you too. If you or like just need like a quick fix like once in a while too being like oh i could just do this yeah or like you, you know you can kind of jump around on the ladder <laughs> yeah. you know you can climb from, up it you can go yeah, down yeah it. yeah <laughs> climb up climb down you know whatever you need um and then i know Cade was a little salty that we didn't really get to talk about the workout side of things when it came to muscle building. But um, I think that we really covered a few popular topics around the idea of muscle building in terms of like your calorie intake and your protein intake specifically. But we can definitely dive deeper into the topic of muscle building, maybe even like weight loss, body recomposition, different stuff like that. Um, And then combine both the training and the nutrition side of things just to make a maybe a little bit more well-rounded of a podcast episode where our previous episodes were pretty fitness or like workout heavy. And then this one was very like diet and nutrition heavy. Yeah. Well, I think it's just kind of good. Like, well, in the first couple of episodes, we did talk a lot about like the mindset type things. Mm -hmm. And now we've covered some of the nutritional type things that can kind of help get you going. Yeah. And then, you know, then one, maybe one of the next things we can talk about in the future soon is just kind of tying in with the training side of things and what you could do with those types of things to kind of (laughs) round it all up. How many times did you say those types of things? I don't know. (laughs) Too many. Just got to round it up. (laughs) With those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Round those things up. (laughs) Anyways, that's what you guys have kind of forward to look. um, Look forward to. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) That's what you have forward. (gasps) I just did it twice. (laughs) You say it. (laughs) Well, that's what some things you have to look forward to. These, (laughs) though. Anyway, we do want to thank everybody as well. 
for listening to the podcast over the first couple episodes. Yeah. We have gotten a lot of really good feedback and a lot of support, and we do really appreciate that as well. And we really appreciate if you continue to share it with people and everything or too, even help just spread on your the Instagram word. stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making more like awareness around the podcast. I mean, yeah. obviously we're still kind of babies with this right now. Yeah. We're still learning on how to like learn as you go. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, definitely we want to improve. We want to get better. And I think growing this is a good incentive for us to not give up and just keep trying. Yep. well on that note thank you guys so much for listening if you did enjoy this episode please feel free to send us a message on instagram or text us um tag us on your instagram stories we really appreciate it and have a good rest of your night see you guys